This week on Viewpoints. New York Harbor, people have started in recent years to see whales that haven't been seen in that area close to the city, in some cases, a century or more. The resurgence of wildlife in urban landscapes. Then... The only people who don't have regrets are five-year-olds, people with brain damage, and sociopaths. The rest of us have regrets. Understanding the gut-wrenching feeling of regret. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Hey, Ray Maliazzi here. I don't know about you, but my car could use a few upgrades. I mean, the 8-inch tear in the driver's seat does have sentimental value since my butt has molded to fit it, but I'm ready to move on. My solution? eBay Motors. They've got all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them, from seat covers to whole new seats. When I get that new seat, I think I'll put the old one in the living room, right next to the minivan seats, or as we call it, the sectional. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Want better skin from your body wash? Try Olay Body Wash infused with skincare super ingredient collagen. Olay Body Wash with collagen hydrates to renew skin surface cells, improving skin three times better versus the leading body wash to transform skin from dry and dull to firm and radiant. So I can step into my day feeling fearless in my skin. And now try new Olay Body Lotion, which hydrates for healthier looking skin that improves over time. Olay Body. If you're in Austin, you might grab some world-famous barbecue, take a tour of the Texas Capitol building, or spend an evening strolling down Congress Avenue. But the city also boasts another attraction that's not so typical. It's home to around 1.5 million bats. The interesting inhabitant is actually the largest urban bat colony in the world. Between March and November, the small mammals live under the Congress Avenue Bridge sleeping throughout the day and awakening at night. During these months, thousands of people come to watch the winged creatures emerge from their man-made cave and fly out into the starry sky. Austin even has a yearly bat festival that celebrates the species. While the bats draw large crowds today, their home was not purposely built for them. It was created by accident, says Dr. Peter Alagona an associate professor of environmental studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara. He's also the author of the upcoming book, The Accidental Ecosystem, People and Wildlife in American Cities. Back in the 1980s, the city of Austin, Texas, went about with, I believe, the state in retrofitting a bridge that crosses Lady Bird Lake, the Congress Avenue Bridge. And when the bridge was retrofitted and rebuilt, some spaces were left between joints on the underside of the bridge to allow the concrete to flex in different temperatures and essentially to provide the bridge with more strength given variable weather conditions. But it turned out that those joints that were left at the bottom of the bridge were perfect roosting places for Mexican free-tailed bats. There had been a lot of habitat loss of bat habitat in the caves all around that part of Texas. And so bats started to show up and to roost in the undercarriage of the Congress Avenue Bridge. And when the bats first arrived, some residents of Austin felt nervous about these unfamiliar neighbors. They thought that bats were dangerous, they carried diseases, they were pests, they should be eradicated. 
But over time, people started to realize through education, through research, through other kinds of public campaigns, that these bats actually weren't harming people and that they were kind of amazing. And in fact, that they were eating millions of insects, including mosquitoes, that swarmed around these areas at night in the summertime. And so today, people regard them as allies, as animals that are providing a service by eliminating insect pests in the community, and it's kind of the mascot of the city. The bats of Austin are just one example of a growing number of species that are migrating into urban areas. You might have seen this influx in recent years in your own community, possibly more deer, coyotes, birds, or another animal entirely. But you might be wondering, why are these species moving in now? To fully answer this question, we have to go back to a time before cities. Why did humans of the past choose to settle and start building in these areas specifically? If you look at where most of our biggest cities are located, they're located in areas that were convenient for harvesting natural resources. They were convenient for travel and transportation. They were often at the boundaries between two different kinds of ecosystems, land and sea, mountains and plains, freshwater and saltwater. New York is a perfect example of that as a city that's right at the boundary of all these different kinds of ecosystems. Some of the largest U.S. cities today, including Chicago, L.A., Miami, and New York, lie near a body of water and have the right terrain, weather, and resources that create hospitable living conditions. Hundreds of years ago, these same areas were some of the most biologically rich habitats for species, but this all changed as humans ramped up development during the Industrial Revolution and eliminated wildlife. Green spaces turned to concrete jungles filled with shops, factories, and skyscrapers. Domesticated animals like cows, pigs, and chickens were bustled in for food production. For many years, cities were dirty and packed to the brim. And then there was this period, you know, during around maybe the 1920s, 30s, 40s, when cities had fewer animals in them of any kind than really ever before. The wildlife had been driven out maybe decades or a century earlier. The domesticated animals had largely been moved out or brought into homes in the cases of dogs, many dogs and cats. And so there was this brief period when we had relatively few animals in our cities, and that created openings after World War II as cities became leafier, people planted trees, created more parks and things like this that enabled some species that had been existing at relatively low levels and people had been trying to conserve in the countryside to start to move back into, for example, new suburbs that were growing around many cities at that point. Today, U.S. cities are cleaner, have more parks and trees, and there are more conservation efforts in place to protect wildlife. Alagona says that cities also draw in a lot of resources that inadvertently attract species. Cities are packed full of food and water and infrastructure, places to hide and roost and nest, that many natural areas around them don't quite have on that level. And so for wild creatures that can avoid the hazards that cities pose, like cars and pollution in some cases, they can actually access some of those rich resources that cities pull in, and that gives them an opportunity to thrive and to reach levels and population densities that they don't reach anywhere else, including in their native natural habitat. 
From eagles to sea mammals, there have been quite a few interesting species that have seen a resurgence in the last several decades. People would have not expected sea lions and seals when they were at their lowest population levels ever in the late 19th and early 20th centuries to rebound to the level they did and then to start showing up in every harbor around the country. And yet they did. And so now we have marine mammals that have returned to urban areas like harbors that would not have been predicted to do so. You know, in New York Harbor, people have started in recent years to see whales that haven't been seen in that area close to the city, in some cases, uh, a century or more. Another big example of the evolution of wildlife is the prevalence of coyotes in modern urban landscapes. Dr. Stanley Garrett is a professor of wildlife ecology at The Ohio State University. He studies the urban ecology of mammals, and one particular focus of his is the long-term study of thousands of coyotes in Chicago. Garrett says that coyotes have adapted in many ways to the challenges that cities pose. They're fairly unique about this, so they have to actually cross roads. Even in some of the more natural areas, they still have to be able to cross roads and learn traffic patterns. And so they will figure out which were the best crossing points, and they'll understand um, traffic volume and traffic speeds, and they'll scale their movements according to that. The other thing that they do to try to avoid us and to make it easier to cross roads is they become more nocturnal as they move into the more highly developed areas. Across cities, coyotes typically hunt birds, rodents, and deer. In Chicago, they've helped keep some bird populations in check. Coyotes do help to control the population growth of certain animals that become nuisances for us, such as uh, Canada geese, which become overabundant in cities. Coyotes are the only effective predators on goose nests, and so they're able to help control the population. And in a similar way, they are also predators on deer fawns, and white-tailed deer also become overabundant in urban areas because of the lack of predation. And so coyotes help to control their numbers. And that actually helps us quite a bit because deer actually are a threat to us in terms of deer auto collisions. While coyotes have several ecological benefits, there are some people that fear this animal and other species moving into their communities in larger numbers. Garrett says that it is possible to coexist, but the public may need to be more cognizant of certain things. Maybe not letting our pets run loose in certain areas at certain times of the year, or controlling our garbage or the food that we leave out by, by making some small adjustments in our lifestyles to accommodate them. It kind of introduces this notion of tolerance in allowing coexistence to occur with species that normally we didn't have to live with decades ago. Alagona says if you do encounter wildlife in your town or city and you're concerned, don't call the police. Police officers often have better things to do, and most of them aren't trained to respond specifically to these kinds of situations. So calling fish and game, people who are experts in the field and who can assess the situation, is a good idea in that case. But if the animal is acting normal, if it's avoiding people, if it's just going about its business, then it's probably not a threat to anybody and it's best to just leave it alone. And as a matter of fact, that coyote that you may be concerned about is probably out there eating rodents and other pests that people dislike having in their yards, gophers, things like that, and providing an ecological service to us that we sometimes don't appreciate because we think of them as a potential threat and not a benefit.
For centuries before humans, animals roamed the same areas that we now call home. While they were driven out for some time, many species have returned and adapted to developed landscapes. Who knows what cities will look like 50 years from now? To find out more about this topic and our guests, Dr. Peter Alagona and Dr. Stanley Garrett, visit viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zoveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, what are your biggest regrets in life when Viewpoints returns? Okay, so we got the chorizo dumplings, the cucumber empanadas. Sara's food truck is popping off. Come on, guys, let's pick it up, all right? But if she doesn't find a new chef, her truck will be stuck. Carl quit this morning, so Jessica, I'm going to need you on the fryer. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Did you hear about the girl who ordered this miracle clay and it grew her hair six inches in a month? Yeah, urban legends won't magically grow your hair, but there's a breakthrough new regimen from Gold Series that actually can make a difference. The Gold Series New Lengths Collection was designed by black scientists, especially for textured hair. The unique formula, which includes apricot oil and green tea, protects your precious new growth from breakage for longer, stronger hair. Introducing the Gold Series New Lengths Collection. This is growth. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Do you ever wish you pursued a different career or went back to school? or instead took a step back from work and spent more time with family? These negative emotions are known as regrets, and it's completely normal to have these feelings at every stage of life. Regret can be surrounding any action, from work to relationships to big life decisions. Some people may regret breaking up with a partner, while others may regret getting married. There's some who might look back and wish they'd made that big move or followed through with a risky decision. But regrets can also be minor, like falling off a diet or forgetting a friend's birthday. It's a negative emotion. It's an emotion that causes some amount of pain. And the pain is the stomach-churning feeling that we get when we look backward and say, oh, if only I hadn't made that decision, if only I hadn't taken that course, if only I hadn't not done that thing. And it's unpleasant, but it's also instructive. That's Daniel Pink, an acclaimed American writer based in D.C. 
He holds a law degree from Yale Law School and worked in politics and economic policy throughout his early career. In the mid-90s, Pink was the chief speechwriter for Vice President Al Gore. Since then, he's worked as a free agent, authoring several books. His latest is The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. For a man who's accomplished so much in life, you'd think he'd have no regrets. But Pink says everyone has something they would change if they could go back. The only people who don't have regrets are five-year-olds, people with brain damage, and sociopaths. The rest of us have regrets. It's one of the most common emotions that human beings experience. And it's one of the most common emotions, obviously, then that business people experience. And the reason it's so common is because it's useful if we deal with it right, if we deal with it right. But some people explicitly choose not to deal with it. In recent years, there's been a growing philosophy around the mantra of no regrets. Pink says this mindset pushes continuous positivity, and the main idea is to keep moving forward and never look back. While some may embrace this kind of overly positive thinking, Pink says that people can miss out on important life lessons if they pass up the opportunity to confront their previous mistakes. Regret instructs. Regret clarifies. Regret points the way. And so a business leader who says, I have no regrets, is also a business leader saying, I don't learn anything. I'm not willing to improve. And that's why it's dangerous. Now, the key here, though, just to be fair, is that when we think about our regrets, we should not ignore them. That leads to delusion. But we shouldn't wallow in them either. We should confront them. And one of the things that bugs me about this no regrets philosophy, particularly in business, is that it is a false display of courage. We think that no regrets is a sign of how courageous we are, and it's not. Courage is staring your regrets in the eye and doing something about them. One way to do this is by writing or talking about how you're feeling. Try asking yourself, what mistake did I make? Why did I make that decision? What thoughts are going through my head? Pink says that the physical action of writing or talking to someone can help turn abstract emotions into something more concrete. From there, take this experience and turn it into a teaching lesson. Is it possible to fix the situation? If not, how can you learn from this mistake? Was it action or inaction that led you to feel this way? This type of reflection can steer people away from making the same mistake twice. Pink himself wrote down a list of some of his biggest missteps. When I looked at my mistakes and setbacks and failures, I found that a lot of them, and this might sound odd, but there really wasn't a lesson. It was just like, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes there's randomness and bad luck and whatever, and that's life. However, there were other ones where the source of the screw-up was so clearly me. And there were two big mistakes that I kept making over and over and over. And this failure resume, this reckoning with our regret, exposed that, and now I make those two mistakes a lot less. Pink was also curious about how other Americans felt about regret. With the help of a data analytics company, he surveyed almost 4,500 people, asking them a variety of questions. When I asked Americans the question about regret without using that supercharged word regret, I got some interesting answers. So I asked people, how often do you look back on your life and wish you had done something differently? So I'm describing regret, but I'm not assigning it the R word. 
We found that 1% of people say they did that never. About 16% say they did it rarely. And 83% of Americans say, eh, yeah, occasionally I do this. And actually about 40-something percent said they did it a lot. And so this is a very prevalent emotion, regret. And what are some of the biggest sources of regret for people? Pink got thousands of answers from people across the globe. Many were similar, so he organized them into four distinct categories. The first focuses on foundation. These are people who might have health regrets, like not taking care of their bodies or smoking, but also financial regrets. I didn't save enough money or even education regrets. I didn't work hard enough in school. Small decisions that somehow compromise the stability of your life. Another big regret were boldness regrets. If only I'd taken the chance. A lot of people regret not asking somebody out on a date or not starting a business or not speaking up. So boldness regrets are if only I'd taken the chance. Moral regrets are if only I'd done the right thing. You're at a juncture in your life. You can do the right thing. You can do the wrong thing. You do the wrong thing. Many of us, not all of us, but a heck of a lot of us regret that. So these are things like bullying, marital infidelity, other kinds of cheating. And then finally, we have connection regrets. This is if only I'd reached out. Another interesting finding from the U.S. study was that there weren't many differences demographically. The biggest disparity was that regrets tied to what people didn't do increased with age. When people are young, they tend to have equal numbers of action and inaction regrets. But as people age, inaction regrets take over. And I think it's because we can resolve some action regrets, we can make amends, we can undo them, we can try to derive some sense from them, but inaction regrets gnaw at us for a very long time. And so the more we move on in our lives, the more that what really haunts us are regrets about what we didn't do. We didn't start that business. We didn't become an entrepreneur. We didn't ask that person out on a date. We didn't go on to visit some place that we've always wanted to visit. That's what sticks with us over the long haul. And there are also actions or inactions that can't be fixed. Pink refers to these as closed-door regrets. If you wrong somebody and that person is gone, you can't undo that. You're stuck with that. What you can do, though, is use that as an engine for guiding your future behavior. You're never going to extinguish that, I don't think. But what you can do is you can take that, you can take some of that pain and make sure that along with that pain, you're getting instruction. So what did this teach me? What does this tell me what to do next time? It's important to remember that regret is just another emotion and a normal part of the human condition. Also, check out his book, The Power of Regret, available online and in bookstores. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri, studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. In a world where a single touch can threaten the surfaces of your home, there's Microband 24. Just one spray fights bacteria all day. Bacteria incoming. Shields up, defenders. When used as directed, Microband 24 sanitizing spray forms a defensive shield that keeps killing 99.9% of bacteria for up to 24 hours. Touch after touch. Threat eliminated. Microband 24. Don't just sanitize it. Microband it. Now spraying in a store near you. Hey, Ray Maliazzi here. Have you ever cooked a really fine gourmet meal? 
Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I'm told it all comes down to the ingredients. And when I need ingredients to improve my car, the place I go is eBay Motors. Whether you roasted your last transmission, graded your current floor mats, or pureed your side view mirror on a lamppost, eBay Motors has the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. And by the way, if you recently fired up your grill, don't worry, eBay Motors has grills too. eBay Motors, let's ride. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. Do you remember the first movie that really captured your whole attention? I recently rewatched The Prestige, Christopher Nolan's 2006 film about warring magicians around the turn of the century. It stars Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, and I've considered it to be my favorite movie since I first saw it at 13. I saw it opening weekend in a packed theater, and my friend and I had no option but to watch the film from the first couple of rows. Though that's not an ideal place to see a film on the big screen, I was still completely transported by a movie for the first time. The Prestige tackles obsession, betrayal, and an intense back-and-forth battle that sees people killed, disfigured, and abandoned. It has a dark, propulsive energy about it, and it memorably unfolds in a signature Nolan nonlinear timeline, which keeps the audience on their toes. I've seen it many times over the years, and it always manages to blow me away. This most recent time, I was really taken with the craft behind such a film. The sets are rich in detail, with vintage-looking posters, contraptions, and stages dominating the screen. The plotting and editing are perfect, and the film really all clicks together in a way few others manage to pull off. It really is an astonishing achievement. It captured me at 13, and it still gets me 16 years later. If you want to catch up with my favorite, The Prestige, it's now streaming on Prime Video. But I'd also encourage you to go back and rewatch your old favorites. In my experience, I've found there's always something new to appreciate. I'm Evan Rook. You guys rock! Hey, welcome to Late Night with yours truly, Shannon Smith. Thank you. Those studio signs prompting you to cheer really work. Uh, uh, I think I gotta leave. Uh, we're getting word Shannon's headed to Taco Bell? When you need a taco, you need a taco. Introducing the new Cantina Crispy Chicken Tacos. Try them with creamy chipotle or avocado ranch sauce. Only at Taco Bell. And participating U.S. Taco Bell locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for hours and participation which vary. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. 
Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.